0: Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi, covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else with Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of On3 Sports. Now
1: get ready for Thunder and Lightning.
0: This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk, Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. Want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. Be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Cornish. That would be a little weird. You would expect maybe to find some game hens there, but not strange brew coffee.
2: Yeah. And I don't know. Does coffee go really well with, with game hens? Yeah. I don't know, I don't I don't know. know
0: the answer to that. I've never, I've never tried it Never tried that mix. So we're going to assume no.
2: <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a big coffee guy myself. Are you a big game hen guy? Sure. Yeah. They're good. But I mean, they're delicious. Season it well.
0: Yeah, sure. Why not? Wherever you are in our great state, you can enjoy Strange Brew Coffee each and every morning. It's just a click away at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Don't forget, when you support Strange Brew Coffeehouse, you support the Bulldog Initiative, as you do with our friends over at Pip Printing and Signs. Guys, if you need signage for your business, if you need to draw people in, or if you're looking to get repeat business with great marketing materials, They've got you covered at PIP Printing and Signs. They have reliable service for every business need. If you're a business owner, you spend money on printing. That's just part of the gig. Spend it with a company that's Bulldog-owned, Bulldog-operated, and is going to donate 10% of whatever you business you do with them right back to the Bulldog Initiative in your name. You're helping Mississippi State, and you're helping your own business because you're getting the best there is at helping you with printing needs. Call Camden Baker at 601 601- Four nine nine five two one six, 5216 And that's his cell number. If you just have some questions, just text him. 601-499-5216. He'll be happy to answer you. When you need printing, call Pip-Pip today. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. We are seeing a huge shift for Mississippi State. They are getting away from the banner rim, which means you need to get away from it. If your wardrobe is a lot of banner rim polos and pullovers, get them out. Let's get some state script, some M over S, some interlocking MSU in there. It's a new day at Mississippi State. You need new gear. Don't be that guy that it, it, 10 years from now, God willing, if Robbie and I are still doing this podcast, we're going to make fun of Banner M stuff the way we make fun of Maroon is all that matters stuff. So don't be yes. this guy in like 2029 who's still sitting there with his Banner M. Pol- I like it. It looks good. No, it doesn't. Just get rid of it and get a new polo and get it at college corner. Restaurant Tyler, Starkville's flagship restaurant. The best meal in town is at Restaurant Tyler for lunch, for dinner, for Sunday brunch. Whichever you choose, you're going to enjoy a great meal. When we're talking about dinner at Restaurant Tyler and Valentine's Day is coming up, guys, if you haven't made your reservations yet, I might might want to look into that uh, because it's going to be a great meal. It's a special occasion. No better way to tell the special someone in your life that you love them than with crawfish dip. I mean, if somebody gave me crawfish, I would be like, "This person cares about me. They, 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 they really want to see that I'm happy." So,
2: and maybe on Valentine's, they can put a little heart in there or something. Yeah,
0: yeah, let's draw a little heart in there, and then you get a stuffed pancake. That really says "I love you." That that's actually that says a little bit more. That says like, "Hey, all right," you know what I'm saying? That's what the stuffed pancake does. So, I'm just saying you should go order those things Valentine's Day at Restaurant Tyler. Sixteen, excuse me, sixteen priority one bank locations throughout central Mississippi here to serve you. If you live in central Mississippi, there's a bank central. There's a priority one bank near you. And that means you can open an account and start a relationship with a local community bank that's going to give you everything that those big corporate banks give, but with the kind of service you would expect from your neighbors, because that's what they are. They, they they're there in Mississippi. They're there in central Mississippi, just like you. I like to do business with the people I know. I think you guys do too. So give Priority One Bank a chance to earn your banking business. You will not regret it. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. It has been a long time since the Mississippi State-Ole Miss basketball game had any real meaning beyond the two schools just don't like each other. We really got to go back to Kermit Davis's first year in Oxford. That's the last time both teams were in the NCAA tournament. That's the last time Ole Miss was in the NCAA tournament at all. And you know, for the most part, it's just been about okay. Well, these two teams don't care for each other, and that's why this game is important. But now we have a game that has real, uh, real uh, uh, ramifications to it. Uh, it's a, it's a potential quad one game uh, for Mississippi State. Ole Miss, I think, as of the last time I looked, was fifty seventh in the net in the net rankings. The the win over uh, over Texas A and M was a good one for Ole Miss, and it's the kind of win that honestly could keep them. Uh, towards the top of the net rankings uh, throughout the the, uh, the year. And then for Ole Miss, I believe it's because it's a home game, it is a quad two game for them at this time. State is 38th in the, uh, the net rankings as of this morning. Let me double-check that. I haven't checked the Monday rankings, but it's possible they've moved up or down. Uh, Where do they go? Oh, yeah, they're up to 36. Up to 36 in the rankings. So just... Just on the cusp there of being a quad one game for Ole Miss, it's a good quad two opportunity. And it, it could end up being a quad one game for them if State could somehow have continue to have some success and if Ole Miss were to somehow uh, get the win. These two teams, I, I feel like the two both of these teams, they, they can do a good job of canceling out the other's strength, Robbie. Ole Miss is a good perimeter shooting team. They shoot about 38% from behind the arc. Mississippi State only allows 28% from behind the arc. They are a great perimeter defending team. The other side of that, state likes to play physical. They get like to get the ball in down low to their to their big men, especially Tolu Smith. But Ole Miss has a lot of big guys. They have some length. They have some physical guys on there. I think they can match up well. Who who has the advantage in, in this game? It feels like these are two pretty evenly matched teams.
2: I think Ole Miss, just simply based on the fact that they're playing at home for sure. But if you just take strip that away and you look at the two teams, it's an interesting matchup. Ole Miss. Does have some length. They have two big guys in the post with some really long arms. Obviously, you got um, Sharp, who's a big shot-blocking seven-footer kind of guy that is going to be difficult to get around. I think the goal is to try to overpower him a little bit in the post. I mean, he's like seven-five, so he's going to have a good five-six inches on Tolu Smith. Can Tolu get in there, push him around, get to the rim, get draw some fouls on him, things like that. That's kind of something to watch for me. Um, and then, you know, they they still have some other guys that that can come in there. The Musa Cisse has has been really good as well in the post. You got two seven footers. Um, I'm really interested to see how they play things out against Mississippi State in the post. State's got the the their guys are wide they got the muscle down low. They don't necessarily have the same length as all this. So I, I'm very intrigued to see you know who wins that battle on the post. Can Jimmy Bell and Tolu Smith just out-muscle these guys? Or is this going to be a tough night for Mississippi State in the post? And do they need to really get things going from the outside, knock down some shots? I think regardless they're going to have to do that anyway. I think it's a game where like eight to ten three-pointers – Needs to be your benchmark in this game because Ole Miss can shoot it too. Yeah, 10 would be
0: a lot for Mississippi State. And that would, would probably a require a big night from Josh Hubbard, who I'm, I'm interested to see how the Ole Miss crowd reacts to him. You know, he was just he signed with Ole Miss out of high school, uh, ends up at Mississippi State after Kermit Davis is fired. I asked Richard Cross about that. You'll hear that interview in just a few minutes. You know, the average Ole Miss fan, probably nothing, but I feel like, you know, every Ole Miss State game that the student section finds somebody to pick on. There's no way that that's not Hubbard in this game, is it?
2: Yeah, I think that's going to be the guy. I mean, he's a he was an Ole Miss guy, signed with Ole Miss, and it looked at all indications where he was going to end up there, and he flips to Mississippi State if Kermit Davis leaves. I mean, I imagine that that stuck in the craw of this Ole Miss team. I mean, they would be in really good shape if they had a Josh Hubbard on their team right now, so – um, you know, I definitely think, with especially him being a freshman, they're going to try to get in his head. I don't know. You know, that's a that's a guy that's kind of he, he reacts uh, positively to big plays and things like that. But it's a guy that doesn't really seem to be bothered. Um, I don't know how that crowd's going to affect him. I think it's it, a lot of times with him, it just comes down to whether or not. He's able to hit his shots. From, I, don't, I don't think he ever gets totally rattled. But I imagine he's going to be the the target for this team's uh, and the student section's wrath on Tuesday night.
0: How do you think he he handles that as a true freshman? You know, he hasn't really – I mean, think about State's road games at South Carolina. That was a good environment, obviously, and, and Florida as well, Kentucky as well. But none of those really targeted Josh Hubbard that way how do you feel like he can, how he overcomes that? Do you think if, if if Ole Miss, if the crowd really is on him, can he, you know, as a freshman get around that and just continue to play?
2: Yeah. Like I said, I I just don't really, I don't really have any concerns about his mental psyche coming into games. Mm -hmm. He's a different kind of kid. He really handles things pretty well. So I I think he's, I think he'll be ready for the challenge. It's just going to be whether or not his shots are dropping or not. That's, that's the thing with Josh Hubbard. I mean, he, he gets his looks. He's he's going to have his opportunities. It just depends on if they drop or not. That's just It's just as simple as that with him. When you think about the,
0: this team and the rotation they're going to have to play, You know, it was announced today, Andrew Taylor, officially off the team. That, that, that news has just been coming. Keyshawn Murphy working his way back but wouldn't expect to see him. And then you learn that Trey Fort day-to-day might not play in this game. State's really down to like eight guys that can play. And, you know, last game, Hubbard and and Shaq Moore as the starters, both in double figures. Deshaun Davis, I thought he played some decent minutes, but still not much offensively. But State's got to get some more out of of those bench guys in this game. Somebody off the bench is going to have to be big for them, or it's going to have to be another game where Cam Matthews is in double figures. Maybe DJ Jeffries can get into double figures. Do you think State's role players can, can have the same kind of effect that they did on Saturday
2: against Auburn? You hope. For the most part, you hope. You, you really got to get something out of Deshaun Davis. I mean, you're yeah. just not he's not done anything in SEC play yeah. um offensively. And the defensive piece and everything is great from the rest of the team, but at some point you've got to have somebody else step up and get fifteen points, eighteen points. Who's gonna have the big night? That that needs to be Deshaun Davis, Shaq Moore. You know, can you get another good one from from Cam Matthews? Can DJ Jeffries hit a couple of big shots for you? That they, they've got to have somebody step up. I think Jaquan Scott might be a guy you turn to in this game for a few minutes mm. with Trey Fort being out. I mean, that's just that's kind of where you are right now. You just don't have the numbers and you've got to have somebody come in there and spell uh a couple of guys for a few minutes. So, uh, you know that's that's the guy that I that I think could be the one that comes off the bench and plays a little bit for him yeah. on Tuesday.
0: We'll see how that all pans out. Mississippi State, you know, hasn't been great on the road in the and in thus thus far this year. Ole Miss has been unbeatable at home. They're twelve and zero on, on the year and have really played. They 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 for the most part have looked like a different team. Now they found some of that and bottled it up and took it with them to Texas A&M this past Saturday. That was a really big win for the Rebels. Uh, And they have some momentum, but so does Mississippi State coming off of that win uh, over the Auburn Tigers. Let's get to the Ole Miss perspective on this. I caught up earlier with my friend Richard Cross, co-host of Sports Talk Mississippi, to get his thoughts on this game and what's going to happen from the Ole Miss side. Let's talk about this matchup in greater detail. Joining me now, my co-host on Sports Talk Mississippi, one of the voices of college basketball, on the SEC Network, and noted scalawag, Richard Cross, is here with us. Richard, this Ole Miss team, I mean, you bring in a coach like Chris Beard, you know they're going to be better than they were a season ago. The guy's a top-tier coach in college basketball. They bring in some talent. But nobody, even the most red-and-blue glasses-wearing Ole Miss fan, couldn't have predicted they would be as good as they've been thus far this year. How much of that is just what Beard has brought to this program and how much of that is, now they've got some talented players that maybe we don't talk enough about.
1: I think a combination of the two. Um, I think the fact that they've been good in game-ending situations, if you go back to the non-conference and you think about some of the close wins they had early. Sorry, my voice is still not all the way back. I'm trying. Um, The hero fault. um, You know, some of the close wins that they had in the non-conference, even at home where they weren't playing particularly well, but they found ways to win. Uh, I, I think that points to to coaching and being being ready for tight late-game situations. Um, you know, in league play, they've been really good at home. But the win at Texas A&M on Saturday night was huge. Uh, they were down, what, maybe, if, if not double digits, really close to it, 7-8-9 in the first half. They closed the half on, I think, an 11-0 run. Uh, they they get the big shot from Morrell right before halftime to actually take a lead into the locker room after not playing particularly well, but kind of rebounding well enough to stay in it. And then they push that lead out to double digits early in the second half. Texas A&M makes a run, as you expect a team to do at home. They kind of withstood that run, found themselves down six or seven you know, in the last six, seven minutes of the game. And then they get the the really big shot. So the end-of-game situations, I think, point to Chris Beard, but yeah, playmakers as well. And, you know, it's funny, Jane and I were actually talking about this during the game the other night. Ole Miss is a pretty experienced basketball team. Um, and, and it's a combination of, of experience at Ole Miss and experience from guys that, that came in. So Juju Murray, who hits the big shot at the end, he was on that St. Peter's team that made the run in the NCAA tournament. Um, uh has been around different programs and and has been an impact player. Um and, and then you take the Ole Miss guys, you know, Jamin Brakefield, who's in his fourth year at Ole Miss, Matt Burrell, who's in his fourth year at Ole Miss. These guys have seen a lot and they've they've lost a lot, <laughs> but they've seen a lot of situations. And so being old and being experienced, I think is a good thing.
0: Yeah, these are two of the most experienced teams in the SEC going at it. Uh yeah t- Tuesday night. This is an Ole Miss team, I don't want to say lives and dies by the three, but they shoot the three ball really, really well, 38%. And it's an interesting matchup because State is one of the best perimeter defending teams in the country, only giving up 27%, 28% from behind the line. Is it it just going to come down to that for Ole Miss? If State can neutralize their ability to shoot threes, can the Rebels still win?
1: I mean, I don't think Ole Miss can shoot 26% from three and win the game. I don't know that they've got to shoot 40%, but, you know, somewhere in that range. They've got to they've got to be efficient. Uh, they've got to have efficiency on the offensive end. And I think largely they've done that. And, you know, you've got so many teams. You, you think about Alabama and the style that they play and Florida and the style that they play, where it's it's three or get to the rack. And that's not really what Ole Miss does. There is a mid-range game there. You've seen it with Morrell. You've seen it with Brakefield. You've seen it with Al Flanagan. I, I mean, o, Ole Miss shoots a lot of 15-foot jump shots. Uh, and they make those at a pretty high clip. So it's efficiency on the offensive end. And obviously, hey, Hayden, an area that Mississippi State has had issues this year has been at the free throw line. Ole Miss has been really, really good at the free throw line when it counts, especially going back to Saturday night at AM. and They hit six huge ones in a row in the final minute of the game to allow them to escape with that win. So I don't know that it's necessarily live or die by the three. But they can't have a night where they go three for twenty six and expect to win either.
0: On the other side of that, Ole Miss is a team that you know they have a lot of size, they have some length, and that can bother Tolu Smith. You called the State Auburn game. I thought Auburn did a really good job of of covering up Tolu, and it was State's role players who had to step forward and, and help State <clears throat> in that that basketball game. Ole Miss defensively, do you feel like that they have they match up well with what State wants to do offensively?
1: Yeah, you know, my initial thought prior to to what you just referenced on Saturday with Auburn is, no, I don't think it's a great matchup because I think that the strength and the girth of, uh, of Tolu Smith in the post is, is just a problem. But Ole Miss has faced some big guys down low, some thicker guys, and they've defended them pretty well. And then so, – so in State's game against Auburn, um, Dylan Cardwell got into foul trouble and was a non-factor. And he was the guy that I thought might really bang – down low with Tolu Smith in that ball game, and so it was left to Jani Broom, who he he's thicker than c Say, he's thicker than Sharp for Ole Miss, but he's not that prototypical. I, I mean, he'll stretch his post game out to fifteen feet and and kind of work his way down. It's not just he camps out eight feet feet from the basket and and can't do anything else. So, I, I think there's some similarities in terms of shot blocking ability and athleticism. With Musa Sise and Jamarian Sharp, uh, that maybe that maybe is a little similar to what Auburn had with Cardwell not in the game. But I still think Tolu Smith is a, a really important player, and I know he was just shy of a double double on Saturday. But but I thought he was a little less effective on Saturday than he has been in some games. Agreed. The-
0: Agreed. Yeah, he he just didn't he didn't take a lot of shots. I mean, there's just no getting around that. But I think part of that <laughs> was what Auburn did. But part of it was, you know, state had some other guys hitting, and maybe he w- he did play facilitator a little bit more. He had a few assists.
1: I'll tell you, I think it's huge for Mississippi State, and and played maybe his best game of the season uh, on Saturday against Ole Matthews. Matthews. Yeah, so athletic. Um, that matchup at the four with Matthews and Jamin Brakefield, that one could be a really fun one to watch.
0: So every year in this game, at least once, one Ole Miss player has an incredible game. Uh, Brian Tyree. Stephon Moody. uh, A couple years ago was Morel. He had 30 points against Mississippi State. Who's it going to be? Blake Henson. Blake Henson. We were talking about him earlier this morning. Yeah, it's just every year that somebody comes out and has a career game in in this for Ole Miss. Who's it going to be this year?
1: my, My first go to would be Jamin Brakefield but I kind of go back to what we were saying just a second ago. I think Cam Matthews is playing at a high level. And so I don't think he shuts Breakfield down, but I think maybe neutralizes him. So instead of a a night where he goes for, for 24 and eight, it could be, uh, you know, like an 11 and six night for, for Jamin Breakfield. I think Morrell is a possibility. Uh, he did not play particularly well um, on the road against Texas A&M. He shoots it really well in the pavilion. Um, but it's also kind of hard to to pick against Jamal – or uh, um, Jalen Murray right now, Juju Murray, uh, who's playing with a lot of confidence. He's not big. Um, as much as I love Josh Hubbard, I'm not sure that he's quite there defensively yet. Uh, and, and so I'm not sure that he's going to lock Murray down from a defensive standpoint, might have some open looks. Um so I don't know. I, that that actually is really something interesting to watch,
0: speaking of Hubbard, obviously, we all know the story. signed with Ole Miss out of high school. and then when Kermit Davis is uh, was fired, he opens up his recruitment again, ends up at Mississippi State. What kind of reception should he expect uh, tomorrow night in the pavilion?
1: I, I mean, I don't think it'll be um, <laughs> he he's not going to get the Bart Heights treatment. I mean, he's just I mean, he's just uh, you know, he's not going to get the Shane Power treatment. Yeah. I've always said, like, the the good white player on the visiting team is the biggest target for every student section ever. It's true. Uh, go back to, to Jay Will at Florida or, or whoever you want to pick. Uh, you know, Todd Abernathy when he was at Ole Miss, Michael White, Keith Carter, those guys got hammered.
0: I'd say you, um, your athletic director over there would definitely would probably agree with you
1: on this. Yeah, he, he certainly would qualify. I don't think he gets that kind of treatment. I think there is um, – the, the Ole Miss fans that have paid attention would tell you – man, I really wish he was wearing red and blue instead of wearing and white. I think there's a healthy level of respect. You know, the the interesting thing about that is, and I've I've talked to to Ole Miss people and to Mississippi State assistant coaches as well, and even Chris Jans himself. Nobody expected expected Hubbard to be what he's been. They knew he was good. They knew he could score. Um, I asked Chris Jans before the Vanderbilt game. I was like, hey, are you worried at all about him hitting the freshman wall? out of gas. He goes, I'm really not. And he said it's because of his maturity. And, and he said, you know, there, there's on-the-floor maturity, which he's got and and plays with a high level of. He said, but it's the off-the-court stuff, too. He really takes care of his body. He eats well. Uh, he's a hard worker in the gym. He's always on time. He's conscientious. All, all the things that you would expect a second- or third-year player to be, he is in his first year. And he said, I think that allows him to kind of avoid that. And we saw it on Saturday, obviously, in, uh, in Star Wars.
0: Jan says the same things about me. takes care of my body, you know, eats well, things like that.
1: Well, maybe not the old you, but the new you, of course.
0: There you go. Um, But the environment overall, you expect a really big crowd for this one, right?
1: Yeah, last thing I saw, there were a couple hundred tickets remaining. Uh, Ole Miss has got back-to-back home games this week, Tuesday night against Mississippi State, Saturday against Auburn. I think collectively it'll be the best two-game stretch of home atmosphere since the Pavilion has opened. Um, And and it's set up because Ole Miss gets that road win uh in state rivalry game and all those things but it's more about a, a really big opportunity for a team that a year ago right now was completely dead there was no energy no emotion no enthusiasm and now you've got a team that is legitimately uh legitimately in the NCAA tournament conversation
0: yeah it's been a long time since this game had any real meaning i think you got to go back to you know Kermit Davis's first year in oxford uh yeah. when both teams made the NCAA tournament which is the last time both teams made the NCAA tournament. So 7.30 and tip. that
1: year, both te- teams won on the road.
0: That's correct. That's correct. So we'll see if that means anything for tomorrow's matchup. I'm also huge for you and I as the winner of this one. We it breaks the tie for us now, and one of us will be one up in our bet against each other, see who has to look like an idiot at the uh, Palmer Home uh, Radiothon.
1: Our bet that actually has no stakes. We're just kind of making up as we go along, right?
0: No, no. It's it – is, it is we have – we know what it we is. We just
1: decided to run it back.
0: Yeah, we just we ran it back.
1: So so there you go. All
0: right. We will talk a lot more about this game for the next two days on Sports Talk Mississippi. So if you missed that, it's always available on uh the podcast form. Richard Cross, my good friend. Thanks for joining me, man. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Chief. Thanks, pal.
0: <laughs> you got it, boss. All right. Thanks to Richard. Appreciate his time. Should be a very exciting game. I, he expects a a good crowd. You and I were talking about the, there are some tickets available for this one. I think there could be a pretty – I'm not saying, a, you know, half the crowd take over the pavilion or anything, but I think there's going to be a good Mississippi State contingent at this game.
2: Seems like it. There's a big push online to buy up these tickets. Again, I'm just – I'm kind of surprised this thing isn't, like, sold out or that there's, you know – this many tickets available is kind of surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's – I think Ole Miss fans, at least outside of the student realm, are still kind of kind of like the Mississippi State fans have been, a little bit, uh, you know, weathered on their basketball team. I think State fans are starting to buy in a little more to basketball. They've sold out three straight games – so you're seeing even the season ticket holders are starting to show up a little more and you're, you're filling those seats a little bit. But it seems like they're a little more reluctant to get people in the seats outside of that student section mm-hmm. uh, at Ole Miss. And, you know, this might be the tipping point for them. I don't know. But it, it has been a little surprising to me this many has been available. You have to think that that
0: win Saturday gave them a lot of boost and, and, and will bring some people in. I think if they had lost, it might have been a you know obviously when it's State old Miss, you're going to have a pretty decent crowd no matter what. Even even when these teams have been bad, you've had that. But we'll we'll see what it brings uh, to to Oxford. As I said, yeah, on yesterday's show, Robbie and I will both be at the game for coverage, and uh, we'll uh, we'll have plenty to talk about uh, on tomorrow's uh, thunder and lightning. Don't forget also we are delaying the rumblings by one day so we can get coverage of this game uh, in for uh for thunder and lightning. So don't forget to send us our your questions on uh Wednesday or Thursday's podcast. Let's move into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Who want to remind you that beef it is what's for dinner, it's always grilling season as far as I'm concerned. 365 days a year. And if you're firing up the grill, make it beef, man. Let's let's do some I, I got something I'm gonna try to cook this week. Have, have you seen these? It's like this new TikTok do these Smash Burger tacos. Have you seen this? No. So you take your burger patty, right? Put a tortilla mm-hmm. on top, mm-hmm. right? And smash it down so it gets like a little thin layer of, of meat. And then you just flip it over, put your cheese on top, put your toppings on, and you've got like a, a taco, but it's a cheeseburger. Okay. I'll try to make those at some point this week, I think. I would try it. I think I think it sounds pretty good, so. Uh, I can't imagine it'd be bad. Yeah, I mean, it have. Be- exactly so a lot of great and unique recipes out there involving beef if you're looking for some they're at msbeef.org or anywhere else you find recipes i mean tiktok is full of these things yeah tiktok has a few good things going for it the ability to find recipes is definitely one of them check it out enjoy some red meat this weekend nothing beats the sizzle of beef on the grill beef it's what's for dinner thanks to our friends at the mississippi beef council Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the Heart of the Cotton District is the place to find the smoked Southern Soul Food that you are looking for. Folks, it's just a good place to eat. And then just there's just no other way to just, you know, to describe it, to talk about it, things of that nature. It is a fantastic restaurant. The people there are awesome. It's a great location right there in the middle of the cotton district. When the weather's nice, you know, we're we're a few weeks away from spring, but when the weather warms up a little bit, sitting out there on the patio is just outstanding. I love that place, and you will too if you've never been. I don't know what I don't know how you've been to Starkville and not not been to Two Brothers, but correct that mistake now. Head to Two Brothers Smoke Meats. Don't forget they're also a Bulldog Initiative business. Great products, great services is what every business likes to promise you. They deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems, and have been doing that. For 49 years, that means you know that you can trust them with service after the sale. It's not just about buying great products from them, which you can do. It's that you know if something goes wrong, they're going to be there for you when you you need something. Somebody's going to pick up the phone. You're going to talk to the people who made you the sale. They're going to be able to fix your issue quickly and a lot of times in the same day because they're a Mississippi business, so they can just get right out to you. If you need new technology for your business, give Advantage Business Systems a call, 601-362-9192, or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The Rogue and the Collegiate Collection at The Rogue is the place to find the new maroon and white merchandise that you need to have they have great Mississippi State polos and pullovers, maroon, white, gray, black, not all four at once, just just one nice solid color with a, a logo that's not the size of a baby's hand over, the, uh, over your chest, just a nice, you know, so that people see you and they go, okay, he's a State fan, not, oh, my God, is he a billboard? Does he work for Mississippi State? Are they paying him to wear that shirt? What's going on there? Great looking stuff. Check it out at The Rogue in Jackson or online at therogue.com. Don't live the three stripe life. Shop at The Rogue. Friday, Robbie and I were in the Omaha room at Diddy Noble Field, talked to coach Chris Limonis and to some players and got our first real thoughts and 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 and, and, and predictions and stuff for Mississippi State baseball this year and what we we're what we were going to hear from from coach Limonis and those players. I'll say this. They are all in on the entire process of how we coach pitching is different at Mississippi State now. They, they, it's it's they, Without saying, hey, Scott Foxhall was a big reason Mississippi State was not successful these past two years. Everything was, it's just so different now. And the way we do things is different. And the guys who, the hitters that we talked to were like, yeah, these guys were a lot tougher in the offseason. They're putting it out there that things are going to be different from a, a mechanical standpoint with the pitching staff Robbie from a performance standpoint can they be different?
2: Wait and see yeah prove it that that's kind of where I am uh you know 2022 we heard you know this is a new team we're, we're ready to repeat uh last year was last year but this team can do it again and didn't happen. 2023, we were told that was, you know, that was just a bad year. And this is a really talented team. We should be able to get back on track. Didn't happen. So I, I'm in full wait and see mode with this team. I, I want to see it on the field. I want to see the pitchers throwing strikes. I want to see them lowering the ERA significantly. Until that happens, I'm, I'm just going to be skeptical. But having said that, there was enough said about Justin Parker and how he operates and how he's worked with the guys mechanically and things like that to make you have some optimism that, you know, these guys are, are really moving in the right direction as far as a pitching staff. He really worked with with each guy individually, found some things to tweak here and there. What I liked was um Nate Dome. I think it was Nate Dome that was talking about how. He he was feeling really good. Uh, no, it was Stone Simmons was throwing one of his first bullpens and was feeling great about it. And immediately, Justin Parker started talking about the things that he needed to work on to improve. And I think that's a really big thing. Because with pitchers especially, you tweak one little thing and it can make a world of difference. I always think back at Chad Girado and how they lowered that arm slot for him. To the three quarters, mm-hmm. and it made him an all-American. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting how pitching works. You tweak your, you know, the the position of your index finger one one way or the other, and it makes a ball spin uh, differently. That to me is is so intriguing. So mechanically, you mess with a few things here and there with these guys. This could be a significantly better pitching staff. I just want to see it on the field first. I want to see what they do when the lights come on and um, are they lowering the walks, things like that. And people can talk about the scrimmages and all that all they want. I put no, I put absolutely nothing into scrimmages one way or the other. Yeah. Walks, strikeouts, whatever. I I just don't, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Uh, Because there's situations that they go through, they're, they're just not. It's not the same as playing on on a game day. So well, I, mean, I want to see what happens when they when they're playing a game.
0: It's and, and one of those things that you know the same thing as with football, right? When you go to a football scrimmage, if if the offense is running up and down the field, it, it's not a great look for the defense. And the other is true as well. And the same thing here, you know, if the hitters are struggling, that's well, great that your pitching looks okay, but it might just be you have bad hitters. And the other the other side is true if state if you're putting the ball over the fence, well that's great. You might just have bad pitchers, and that was certainly the case for Mississippi State. Talking to Stone Simmons was very interesting because the absolute last link from a player perspective to that 2021 National Championship team, fully healthy now. He, you know, one thing that uh, that Lamona said, and I think some people took it the wrong way. I tweeted about it, that he said, you know, don't have a Landon Sims type, but we feel like we have some pieces. Let me address that first. A lot of people were like, oh, that's what's he saying? We're going to suck again, blah, blah, blah. Guys, nobody has a Landon Sims. That guy was one of one. I mean, he was the most dominant closer in college baseball. In in its entire history, Mississippi State has had like four guys like that that they could just put out there in the ninth inning, and that was the end of the game. So that the State doesn't have one is not that surprising, but Stone Simmons can be one of a few guys that they can throw out there in the late innings and feel good about them holding leads and and closing out games.
2: Yeah, Mississippi State doesn't have a a – Will Clark or Rafael Palmeiro either? So that's, that's kind of where. Well, you say at.
0: that they 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 got they 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 don't have you know they got a couple of guys who may not be too far off of that in terms of power at least.
2: Yeah, well, numbers wise, but yeah. I don't think I don't think there's anybody on this team that are you know that are on that level just right. yet. Right. But yeah, I mean it's it, it's a it's a interesting group in that there's a ton of pitchers on the staff. There are a lot of options. But you start asking these guys, like, what, what is your role going to be? Where do you think you fit? And most of them don't really know right now because they just haven't settled those roles. I think there's going to be a lot of positioning early on in the schedule, whether it be starting or in the bullpen. Is a guy going to be – who's going to be the setup guy? Who's going to be the the closer? What's your starting rotation look like? A lot of those players don't know. Colby Holcomb doesn't know. And that's a guy that, you know, I think could be contending for a starting spot. He doesn't know where he's going to end up. Um, I think there's there's a lot of roles yet to be filled. But the good news is you definitely have the bodies there that can do it. And I think the guys are talented, too. So that that's going to be the first part of the non-conference slate. That's, that's where you start to really start to see those roles kind of come to the surface.
0: You mentioned talking. We all talked to Nate Nate Dom as well. I, I think between him, Simmons, Shulke, uh, I you know, I don't think he's to be the closer, but but Brooks Auger is a guy who I feel like can get some late innings. Uh, I thought last year Evan Cieri at least compete. He was the guy who I, I felt when they put him out there, he was competing. He threw strikes. He's going to be a late inning kind of guy. I, I, I agree. I think Lonus is, is telling the truth there. He's got he's got some some options back there. Now will they pan out? We'll see. But you know as we sit here early in the uh you know before the season starts yeah it feels like you've got some guys you feel like are trustworthy the starting rotation for me is where that's where my all my questions are you know you, you got i know it's a different day and age in, in pitching I know you're not going to have a guy who goes 7 8 innings every friday for you but you've got to have guys who can get through two trips of the or, through the order maybe two and a half without giving the ball game away and has kind of addressed a point you made where he said you know offensively, it's tough when you when you get in those big holes early in the game, so we got we gotta do our best to to limit that. And then he also he talked about defensively, he felt like his team was going to be good, but he and I was the one who asked the question, and we he he brought it up as well that he thought they looked good last year. You know he talked about hey, in practice, we aren't having these issues, but something about the the bright lights. State just needs to be a more normal baseball team this year they They don't need to give up seven to ten runs per game. You know, when you count in unearned runs, they don't need to have an inning. I'm sorry, an error every game. They don't need to have two errors every game. If they can just play like a more normal baseball team, like the averages are going to balance themselves out, and they'll win enough games to be in the in the postseason. Um, so about Dakota Jordan for a second. I mean, you think about the SEC, obviously t- top talent all over the place. He's got to be in the top five guys in the conference overall, though. Correct.
2: Uh, I haven't really seen the rest of the conference yet to make that call, but
0: you know, I know you got Caglione at uh at Florida, um, you know, but LSU they they lost a ton of guys. Uh, Ole Miss doesn't have like that superstar guy that I would expect to uh yeah. to, to to you know to, to carry their lineup. I mean, I, to me, for in star, terms of, of star power, Jordan is right up there how big a leap can he take this year? I mean, can he be a guy who hits 350, 360? Can he be a guy who's pushing 20 home runs, in your opinion?
2: Could be. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the thing about him last year is he kind of got off to that slow start, and that hindered his numbers a little bit and his impact, but it was still a really good season for a true freshman. Mm -hmm. To be able to kind of pick up what he'd needed to work on what he needed to see from pitchers that quickly was impressive to me because a lot of guys will hit that uh, wall as a freshman and they never really recover from it. Mm-hmm. And they have, you know, a poor freshman year after starting off strong. He was a guy that got better as the year went on. And that just shows you kind of the maturity that, that he has as a player Um, And it wasn't just, you know, just going off of instincts and going off of being a, you know, really talented kid like he was coming out of high school. This guy really was, you know, a a baseball player last year. Batted three oh seven, hit 10 home runs. Mm -hmm. He's going to have to double that to get to what the numbers you're thinking he can reach. But if you look at what he did in conference play – it's not out of the realm of possibility because he, you know, midway through non non conference he was, you know, on the bench, so he batted like three thirty three in conference play. That's it's not something that's just totally unattainable, but I think you know fifteen to eighteen home runs, maybe batting three fifteen to three twenty three twenty five would be a really good season.
0: You know, I expect for double digit home runs, Hines and Jordan both right. Last year you had Ledbetter, also gave State a lot of power. Who, who can be the third guy in this lineup that, that can be a double-digit home run guy? Kohler?
2: Connor Hijack. Hijack, okay. Yeah, because um had a big summer. Mm-hmm. Obviously was a player that last year was kind of lost in the shuffle. I mean, with Mississippi State's outfield – it was hard to imagine him getting a lot of playing time because Colton Ledbetter had become one of the better center fielders in Mm -hmm. um, the SEC and possibly even the country. Kellum Clark was not coming out of the lineup and Dakota Jordan wasn't either. So Hijack was kind of the odd man out there and had a big summer, elevated his game a little bit, Uh, I think learned a lot from playing um, in the time that he did get to play last year with the Bulldogs. So this could be his breakthrough season. And we've seen it happen before with Mississippi State players where they go from not contributing very much to being superstars even. So I, I think he has the talent. Just a real big, strong kid, um, and a guy that's a really good athlete. He's played multiple positions. I'm, I don't know what he's going to look like in the field, but Chris Lamonis is really high on him at center field. Um, and, you know, last year just – he played 25 games, he started six, hit a couple of home runs and a 452 slugging percentage. But he had a really big summer. I'm hoping this is a kind of a, a jump start for him to have something at least close to what Colton Ledbetter provided for you last year. You don't have to have – replace those numbers and be that good. Mm-hmm. But – can you be somewhere in that vicinity yeah. to give you that that pop in the outfield to go along with Dakota Jordan?
0: We'll see. We'll see who it is. I think. I mean, if, if that's correct, I think Logan Kohler could be a guy like that too. If they can have four guys like that, then then then, then now we're getting somewhere. Now, now now you got an offense that people will actually respect and fear and can do some some damage. Assuming the pitching staff can keep the games a little bit closer, so.
2: Much- I think Logan Kohler's biggest asset is going to be what he provides in defense. defense
0: yeah, I agree
2: with that. Yeah, he, he, was, he was a solid hitter. He, I mean, I think he's a guy that can give you 10-plus home runs for sure. But what he does at third base, I think, is going to make a world of difference. I, I think that state fans are going to be happy with what they see there after what they've seen the last few years. Um, because he's he's a guy that's going to make the routine plays, and that was something you couldn't you know, take for granted last year. Everybody was holding their breath when it was hit to third base. A ground ball to third base this year, routine ground ball, you can feel good about that being out.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk some more baseball, obviously, throughout the week and in the coming weeks as we get closer. I need to get some, uh, some guests on here, too, to talk a little baseball with us. All right, tomorrow's show, uh, Future Brian will recap what happens in Oxford, Mississippi State versus the Ole Miss Rebels. Big game there at the Pavilion. Uh, plus, we'll have some more to talk about, and we'll do the rumblings on our Thursday show, so hold your questions. Now, here's my question to you. Let's, let's set some odds here of our normal rumblings people. Who doesn't listen to anything I say and sends us questions more?
2: Colton Watson.
0: No, I think Colton listens. I think I think we're good with him. I'm gonna go
2: I, I think he but here's the thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We this isn't gonna come out until later yeah. on Monday night.
0: Yeah, you're so probably so
2: there's a lot of people that are not going to be listening. You
0: should they're just, just gonna
2: they're gonna think should, uh, I forgot.
0: You should fire off a tweet that isn't related to the rumblings or anything, but put the Michael Buffer GIF on there.
2: And s- see I if see. see if they actually see what read happens.
0: It. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is a test. Just want to see if you guys were ready, but we're not actually doing the rumblings this week. <sighs> Hi, guys. Have a good one. We'll talk to you again soon. So I'll be talking Brian Haydard. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.